Hi, I'm Dr. Michael Wesley, Senior Pastor of Greater Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church. Our mission is to reach, teach, and baptize throughout the world, beginning in our community, fulfilling the Great Commission by the power and presence of the Holy Spirit until Jesus returns. That simply means we're here to reach irreligious people and turn them into lifelong devoted followers of Jesus, equip them for a place of service in the church, and send them out on a mission for Christ in the world. We're glad you're with us today. I command blessings on you and your family today. Anytime you know that you found the answer in prayer. Not only does prayer change the thing, prayer changes people. Prayer changes circumstance. Prayer changes how I feel about things. That's what prayer can do. Amen. Amen. I get up off that prayer moment, man, and I'm a different fella. Amen. We're grateful to God for each of you, my brothers and sisters. And we want to get at the word this morning again. And, um, but I want to lead us in a moment of heart preparation for the time in the word. So join me again as we, we pray together. Father, we are grateful. We, we really are. For all of the love 
all of the grace, all of the mercies that you show us, all of the benefits that are ours, the forgiveness, the kindness, the unthought of things, the wonderful ways in which you cause our heart to reverberate toward those. We, we can see what prayer can do. Our souls are witnesses, our lives have been changed because we've been able to call on you and you have come through. We've seen it not only in our lives, we've seen it in the lives of others, seeing you move in mighty ways. And we pray now once again that you would move in this service. Thank you for the songs that have gone before, the scriptures, the prayers. And now, Lord, we need a word a word to lift us, a word to carry us, a word to guide us. And I pray that it would be your voice that would speak it, and that we would hear you, not me, and that we would leave different than we came and how we are even at this moment. So we thank you, Lord. We love you. We pray that you would bless the words in our mouth and the meditations that are on our heart that it may be acceptable in your sight. Oh Lord, you are our strength and you are our redeemer. We ask it now in the name of your son, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Nothing like that sweet hour of prayer. Last week we looked at First uh, Thessalonians uh, Second Thessalonians, should I say, chapter 1. And we looked at verse 11. Today we're going to look again at first Thess Second Thessalonians, chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 11 and 12 this morning. So I want to direct your attention there and follow along as we read it aloud. Wherefore, also, we pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and ye in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the word of God for the people of God. We're, we're talking again about praying for right things. Praying for right things and we're calling this part two because last week we used the same subject we want to come back again and we want to finish the passage and this two-part series concludes with our understanding of praying for right things i shared earlier that that was uh, an account an illustration of what happened after or at the end of World War II. World War II w was fought 
and many of the islands in the Pacific Ocean from Australia all the way up north to Indonesia was used by the United States and allied forces to create air bases and airstrips and and it overwhelmed the natives that lived on those islands. Many of those natives had not been exposed to anything in the modern world. So when those big airplanes would come in, they just they 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 saw those big airplanes come in and they saw them roll out tanks and roll out tractors and they cleared the forest away and they made airstrips in the deserts and and those natives found what they saw was cargo they found things that fascinated them like cigarette lighters and instant fire for them and 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 transistor radios and they could hear people talking and music playing that they had not heard and they found uh, when the military was gone left behind refrigerators and 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 generators and other things and and they were so excited that they created what is known today as the cargo cult. When the Americans and the Allied soldiers were gone, they 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 longed for them to return, and they built they built out of bamboo replicas of planes, and they built replicas of control towers. It didn't serve any other purpose but as a shrine for worship. And, and the people that worshipped at these bamboo planes and, and bamboo air traffic trollers became known as cargo cults. And, and, and later, even today, missionaries have come into the area to share with those native people the gospel. And at first, the people received them gladly because they thought that this was the return of people bearing cargo. But when they realized that they didn't bring cargo this time, that they brought the gospel, they rejected them. They wanted the cargo, but they did not want the gospel. And I submit unto us today that when we look around the world and when we look at the nation today, that there are many people who want cargo from the sky, but they don't want the God of heaven. They don't want the gospel message. They want the goods that come. 
And as a result, many people who pray today, they pray for cargo, but they don't pray for relationship. They want stuff, but they don't want God. They don't want relationship. And consequently, you have a large number of people who are praying for wrong things. They're, 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 they're looking for tangible things. Things that they could hold in their hand. Things that they could see. Things that would benefit them in a personable way, but not in a spiritual or supernatural way. And, 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 and as a result, not only do you have people praying like that, you have preachers teaching that. You, you, you have people that, that are now calling it, name it and claim it. You, you're having health, wealth, and prosperity gospel. And, and you have people who are wanting to obligate God to drop more cargo. But as we come to the scripture text for the day and we look into the prayer life of the apostle Paul and how he prays, he does not pray for tangible material things. As a matter of fact, when you read the prayer in Verse 11 and 12, look at it once again. Paul is saying, Wherefore also we pray always for you that God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasures of his goodness and the work of faith with power. There is nothing there that is material. There is nothing in that prayer that is physical because Paul knew the right things to pray for. And that's the word for us today that what Paul prays is what we should learn to pray. Now, now as we look into the, the, the prayer life of Paul, we see something, we, we, we understand something as he speaks to the Thessalonians. He speaks to them and he says to them, I pray for you always. Now, now how in the world can someone pray always? Paul and you and me have to understand that we live then on two levels. We live, one, on a physical level where we have to live and move and have our being. We have to work. We have to meet with family. We have to eat. We have to sleep. We have to do things. And Paul lived on that physical level. He taught. He traveled. He preached. He did all of those things on level one. But there is another level of living. It is a 
deeper level where he had a ongoing relationship with God. And it's in that ongoing relationship with God that he prayed. And he prayed even while doing things on level one. I can identify with that. I honestly can. On level one, sometimes I'm riding down the street, but I'm praying. Sometimes on level one, I'm behind a lawnmower, but I'm praying. Sometimes on level one, I'm doing other daily chores, but I am praying. Sometimes I am studying the word of God, but I am on level two praying. And, 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 and what's supposed to happen is when you live and draw closer to God on level two, there is a conscious and sometimes even an unconscious awareness of God continually with you. And, and you, can, you can talk to God even when you're not writing. Are you understanding that? So, so although Paul writes this letter, this letter to 2 Thessalonians is only three, three verse, three chapters. So how long does three chapters take? But he doesn't say, I write to you always. He says, I pray for you. What? Always. So I, I'm praying for you even when I'm doing something different. And, and may I help you understand that that's a pastor's heart. That I'm praying for you even when I'm not standing before you. I'm praying for you even when I'm not explaining anything to you. On the second level, you're always in my heart and on my mind. And, 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 and so what Paul understood is in order for people to receive a blessing, he knew that he himself physically alone could not provide the blessing that people need. And, 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 and I hurt when you hurt. And, and I am touched by things you are touched by. But I also understand that I am physically unable to meet those blessings those needs that you may have but there is a resource and that resource is prayer and I know that if I can pray for you and pray with you that God will supply your needs according to his riches in glory through Christ Jesus our Lord so, so in that sense, Paul says, listen, I, I got a resource, and I want y'all to know, we all have a resource. If you are a Christian, you have access to God. Now, what we got to learn to do with that access is to talk to him about right things. You know, unless now you're a member of the cargo cult. And you just want somebody to just drop you some stuff out the sky. But if you want relationship, 
then you ought to want something more. Let me let me tell you how you get it. See, see, it, as you walk under this on this second level down here with God, you come to know Him, and, and in that walk, you come to know what God likes, and you come to know what God dislikes. And you, you come to know what God's word is about and what God's word says and what God promises that he will and will not do. And consequently, you begin to want those kinds of things for your family members and for your friends and for yourself and for others. And, and that's what the Apostle Paul did. He knew that the access point was God. And he knew that the medium of access was prayer. And so he prays and he reports his prayer to the Thessalonians. And look at the second thing he does. When you pray, at some point you make requests, don't you? But look at Paul's request for the people of Thessalonica. And why he makes this request is because he knows what right things are. So he doesn't pray for the people that God would give them new jobs. He doesn't pray for the people that God would give them new cars. Those would be nice things and sometimes they are necessary things for level one living. But he knows that their deeper need is on level two. And so he prays, he, he asks God that God will bless them to live worthy lives. That's the first request. Worthy lives. What is a, 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 a worthy life at the second level? A, a worthy life is, is, is really, it's, it's, it's really character. It's, it's really right understanding it's, it's really knowledge of God and a right set of behaviors that come because I know who God is and, and, and let me tell you let me tell you I talk with my, my sons I think about my wife I think about my siblings and I think about my friends and all and I try to think about what is it that they really need and I think about you. And you know what I've concluded? That you need worthy lives. More than anything else. I mean, yeah, it would be nice to have 20 more dollars for a week, 30 more dollars a week. That's fine. But that stuff will fade. Listen, the scripture says, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world but in the end loses his soul? You know, I, 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 I read just this morning in between the services that number 45, who is Donald Trump, is already sticking his chest out and taking the credit for Kevin McCarthy finally winning the Speaker of the House nomination. Because he wants to still stay on the stage. He, he's not interested in worthiness. He's interested in fame. And there are a lot of people who will sell their souls for fame. People will sell their souls for some material good. I also read a little while ago that a six-year-old boy 
in Virginia is in custody because he shot a teacher in his school. And you think we don't need to pray that people will live worthy lives? You don't think that needs to be the prayer that we need to pray for our children, for our family members, for our friends, for our church, for our congregation? We don't need more stuff. And I'm glad, and I shared this earlier, I'm glad that it, as it relates to stuff, that God withheld some stuff from me early on. Because if he had provided me with more stuff at earlier ages when I was immature and could not handle it, it could have ruined me. And so God knows what we need. And because God knows what we need, and Paul having this close walk with God, he understands what God wants and what God wants to give, and therefore he prays that God would resource the people with worthy lives. See, what do we know? What do we know about worthy lives? We know that already in our natural, we are unworthy. We, we know that we don't deserve the blessing of God, the favor of God, but God gives it to us. And when he gives us that grace, he qualifies the unqualified and he makes us righteous. Even though we're not righteous, he gives us a position of righteousness. And just like God gives us a position of righteousness, God gives us a place of worthiness. And so he makes us worthy, even though we're unworthy. But God, what a blessing. What a request that God will give you worthy lives. And, and, and even if you had resources, you still need to live worthy lives. I just mentioned one man who has had at least exposure to a lot of resources. But in his narrowness, he has refused to live worthy. And as a result, it's not stuff that make you worthy. It's God. And then Paul secondly requests not only that they will live worthy lives. The second thing he requests is that they will live good lives. And, and good lives mean to, be, to live fulfilled lives. And so God wants you to live a fulfilled life. Now, now, how does God give us fulfilled lives? Well, let's look in the scriptures. Let's look starting in Psalm 30. Psalm 37, should I say. Psalm 37 and verse 4 says, Delight thyself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, now what that means is, is that God first will drop in you what the, the desire needs to be. Because you can't create it on your own. Uh, that, that's, that's, why, right, that's why another writer said, under him who is able 
to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we're able to ask or think because there are something we can't even we don't even know to ask God for and there are something we don't even know how to think about but God places it in our minds as a desire because he knows it would be good for us And then when we learn how to delight ourselves and meditate on him, then he brings those desires to pass and he fulfills our life with good things. And so my prayer for you today, my brothers and sisters, is that God will give you a good life, a, a life that's filled with right things. A life that's filled with good things. See, all things material are not necessarily good. You can have too much of some of the things and it can mess you up. Oh, y'all don't want to hear me. And I'm not going to come down there today, so don't worry. I'm grateful for character and what God wants to do he wants to give you a name that's worthy of calling his name and a fulfillment of a good life that's worthy to be called a son or daughter of God I got sons and you got children and I got grandchildren and great grandchildren and I want them to learn what good things and right things are about. You know, I had a mama, had a dad, and they used to say things like, you know, when you leave this house, you represent me. Don't make me shame. Don't do so. Don't let nobody call me and tell me something about you. You know, and, and they would threaten you. Not idly either, but with intent. And and that's what God is saying. I want to bless you. I want to give you what you need more than what you know, more than what you're able to ask for. I want to make it so that you're not ashamed of being my son or my daughter and that you have a worthy enough life that you can carry my name and don't have to drop your head. There have been some times now. I've been some places I shouldn't have been. And I wanted to take off my collar. (laughs) But I couldn't take it off because I was still his son. No matter where I went, no matter what I did, I was still God's son. And I had to carry myself. And it makes me now, you know, I can go anywhere I want to go. I can do anything I want to do. I can do anything you do. But I don't do it all the time like that because I want to be worthy. And because I want the good life that God gives. And, and, and guess what? In this closer walk at the second level, I not only have learned what God likes, I've also learned what God does not like. And things that he does not like, I try as with his help to push back on some of that. Are you following that? 
Lord God wants you. And Paul prayed for the Thessalonians some things that he knew would be right for them. And that's what I'm praying. I'm praying that for my family. I'm praying that for this church. I'm praying this for each of you. God will make your life more worthy that God will give you the desires of your heart. Bless your soul in such a way that you can't stand it. Listen, isn't, isn't, isn't that what the prophet said? He said, and test me now, here will, said the Lord of hosts, and see if I would not open for you what? The windows of heaven and pour out for you blessings that you don't have room enough to receive. I mean, when, when God, God can bless you so much, man, that, listen, people said, no more, please. When the children of Israel came out of Egypt and they got to, the, got, got to Mount Sinai and God was telling Moses that, I want you to tell the people, we're going to build a tabernacle. And I want you to tell them to bring their stuff. Just bring what they brought out of Egypt. Some of them got gold, some of them got silver, some of them got skins and all. And, they, and bring stuff. And people start bringing so much stuff, Moses had to go back out. And he said, hey, y'all, don't bring no more. I mean, that's overflow blessing. And God can do it. God don't want you around here worried about what you're going to eat. And what you going to wear? Jesus told us better than that. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. I mean, you, you know, you don't even have to worry about something. God will run you down to put in your lap. God will chase you to bless you. <laughs> so he wants you to be fulfilled in right things good things that he desires for you. Then Paul makes a third request. Not only that your life would be worthy and not only that your life would be good and fulfilling right there in the 11th verse. And he says that you might have faith with power to serve. And that's, what, that's the third thing. You, you God, Paul Praise that the Thessalonians would have faith to have power to serve. See, you need faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. He that comes to God must believe that he is, that he exists, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So you can't please God without faith. And it doesn't take but a little bit. A little dab will do. But God wants to equip you with enough faith so that when you serve, you serve with power. When you speak to mountains, mountains will move out of your way. When you call demons, they would have to run. When you touch sick people, they will recover and heal. God wants to do it through you, but you got to have faith enough to believe what the words say. Most people understand what the words say, but they don't have the faith to put it into action. But God wants you to have faith so that you have power in your service. God wants you to sing, but he wants you to sing so there's power in your song. 
God wants you to play, but he wants you to play so there's power in your plan. He wants you to pray, but he wants you to pray in faith so there's power through your prayer. And when God is working on the inside of you, everybody outside of you will know. When a, when a woman becomes pregnant, at first she might not even know it. But as she continues to grow, soon it'll become evident to everybody outside that something has happened on the inside. And that's what I'm trying to tell you. When you walk with God and you draw closer with God, then that's happening on the inside. But as that relationship continues to grow and God begin to infuse your life with the power of the Holy Ghost, soon it'll become evident to everybody outside that something has happened to you on the inside. Your walk won't be the same. Your talk won't be the same. Your actions won't be the same. Your feelings won't be the same. You'll know that you know that you know. And you'll know when God has heard your prayer because there'll be a release on the inside. And you might not know when it's going to happen, but you know it's going to happen. And so you just stand in faith knowing that the Lord has heard my prayer. That's when your life got power. And I'm telling you, people will know it. I shared earlier when Jesus was on the earth. You know, everybody knew he had power. Later one day, crawled in the crowd. She said, listen, if I could just get there, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I know that I'll be made well. Why? Because she knew he had power. Nicodemus, a Pharisee, ruler of the Jews, came to Jesus one night and he said, listen, Rabbi, we know We've been talking about it. We've been discussing this thing. And we know that you are a teacher come from God. How do we know? Because no man can do these things that you are doing except God be with him. We see the power coming through you. And people will know. You remember when you were, when you were little, there were certain people in the community you didn't mess with because something was wrong with them? They had something strange about them. You didn't dare talk back to somebody, man, because you knew they had it. Something about them. And there ought to be something about you. They used to sing the song when I was a boy in the church. Something happened when he saved me. Something happened in my heart. Somebody said it was Monday when he saved me. Something happened in my heart. Somebody else said it was Tuesday when they saved me but something happened in my heart somebody said it was Wednesday when he saved me but something happened in my heart somebody else said it was Thursday when he saved me but something happened in my heart somebody said it was Friday when he saved me but something happened in my heart somebody said it was Saturday when he saved me but something happened in my heart my word for you today it was Sunday when he saved me but something happened in my heart
It's because the Lord infused my life. And he wants to do it for you. And he wants to do it for your family. And that is a right thing to pray for. So you got to know the source, the resource. The resource is prayer. You access the power of God through the resource of prayer. But the request is for worthy lives. The request is for fulfilled or good lives. The request is for faith-filled power in your service now lastly you got to know the reason why would Paul want to do that why would Paul want to pray for them like that and why would I want to pray for you like that and why would I want to pray for my family like that well verse 12 says that so that the name of our Lord God Jesus Christ may be glorified see the reason is based upon God's glory it's for his glory it's not for you God listen what did God teach David David what had gone to nobody's seminary David was not very well educated he was a shepherd boy but but he said the Lord is what my shepherd and I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still water. Look at this. He restores my soul for what? His name's sake. And God blesses you for his name's sake. Not for you. Not so that you could go around and pop your suspenders and brag about what you have done. But so that God's name can be glorified again Jesus put it like this let your light so shine before men that they may see the good that's in you that it may bring glory and honor to your father who is in heaven what Paul was saying here that the name of the Lord see that was Old Testament that was the Old Testament designation for the name of God, for Jehovah. But what Paul does for these Thessalonians and for you and I is he makes us know that Jesus and God are one. He takes the Old Testament, the name of the Lord, and he adds on to it Jesus Christ. To say that the Old Testament God was Jesus and the New Testament God is Jesus. So that God blesses you with worthy lives, with good lives to be fulfilled that you might have faith and power in your service. So that the name of God in heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ can be glorified. And God will honor you so that you can honor him. God will bless you with something so that you can bless somebody else. And God will get the glory. I think all of you heard about the old lady who was praying. Lord, please help me. And one of her neighbors who hated God said, I'm going to trick this old woman. 
I'm going to go to the grocery store and I'm going to buy groceries for her. And he went to the grocery store and he bought groceries and he rang the doorbell and he hid in the bushes. And when she came out and she saw groceries, she started praising God. Thank you, Jesus. You provided for me again. Thank you, Lord. And that man jumped up out of the bushes. He said, see, ain't no need of you praising God. I went to the store and I shopped and I bought those groceries for you. God didn't do nothing. The woman stepped back and she said, praise the Lord Jesus. You blessed me. You bought me groceries and you made the devil pay for it. God will do it. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? He will bless you. He will bless your socks off. He will knock you out. God knows how to do it. And he will do it for his name's sake. And it's all through grace. And grace is undeserved. We don't deserve what God does, but God does it because he qualifies the unqualified and he makes us his child. And just like you bless your children, Jesus said, if you being evil know how to give good things to your children, how much more of the Holy Spirit will your heavenly Father give good things unto you? But what you got to know is that prayer makes the difference. That's what it is. Prayer, prayer is the source. Prayer is the resource, is the avenue that gets you in touch with the sovereign God. And the sovereign God then would take an unworthy person like you and make you worthy. And God would then put in your mind good things, good desires. And then he'll feel those good desires so that your life can be fulfilled. Then God will infuse you with faith strong enough to be able to speak to mountains and speak to storms and speak to the demonic and speak to circumstance in your life. So that there's power in your life. And he does it all for his own glory and for his own namesake. See, that kind comes by prayer. And prayer makes the difference. Anybody know prayer makes a difference? Yes, prayer makes a difference. All, all you have to do is, is, is ask number three of the Buffalo Bills. Mr. Hamlin, does prayer make a difference? And he'll say, prayer makes a difference. He said, he said, he said, a whole nation prayed for me. And, and, and look at me. I was asleep on the field. Didn't know my heart had stopped beating. Had to bring me back twice on the field and when I got to the hospital. But somebody was praying for me. And prayer made the difference. Some of you know. You might not have number three, but you got number two. And you know that prayer made the difference. See, I got one. I got one, one, one. One for the Father, one for the Son, one for the Holy Ghost. And every time I call him, prayer makes a difference. Somebody here need to pray today. Somebody need to pray right now. Ask God, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Help me to be the man, woman, boy, girl you want me to be. Tell him I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I want you to come into my life. I believe that you are real. And I want to ask you, Help my life to be worthy 
Help me to be fruitful and productive. Help me to be powerful in my faith walk, in my service, so that your name might be glorified. And I know that prayer makes that difference. Prayer changes things. Prayer changes me. Doors of the church open. Anytime during the singing of the song, give God your heart. Many times in my life, Jesus. I've come through the storms, the storms and rain. Time after time after time in my life. I've overcome heartaches and pains, yeah. But I always kept faith in God because I knew somehow He'd make a way. Kept trusting, kept believing, and I always pray. You see, through prayer, God strengthened me and made me strong. Prayer gave me the courage to keep on keeping on. Prayer's been a comforter. Whoa, when it seemed like hope was gone. Prayer's been my rock and my salvation. And prayer's been my shield. And if it's God's will today, there ain't no wounds that prayer can heal. You see, through prayer, God strengthened me. Made me strong. Prayer gave me the courage just to keep on, keep on, keep on, keeping on. Prayer, 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 
How many know that prayer changes things? How many tried? Come on and sing the song with us. Oh, prayer. pray more than just for cargo for things to just be dropped out of the sky we ought to pray for those spiritual virtues that make people better we ought to pray for the things that God knows will do what needs to be done in the lives of individuals and so I want you as you go forward today and as you go into this week I want you to pray I want you to pray for worthiness in your own life and then in the lives of people around you your girl wife husband children family members friends community pray that God will give people good lives to fulfill the purposes of God pray that God will infuse his power into your living so that through faith your service to God can be strong it can be authentic it can be real don't have to be pretentious and then personally you can pray for yourself you can pray the words of this closing song which says Lord I want to be a Christian in my heart and that's a prayer And even as we sing it, as we prepare to go our way, I want you to not just think of it as a song or a tune. I want you to think of it as a prayer. God, I want to be a Christian in my inner man. I want to be more loving. I want to be like Jesus. And I think if we can sing that and believe that and commit to that, I think that starts it. And then as you pray for others, Paul has given us an outline to know what we can pray for. And we can begin to see a change in this world and a change in our community. Hey friends, this is Dr. Michael Wesley, Senior Pastor of Greater Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church. And I know by now you know about this new book that we have released. Not only have we released it, the book is here. And it's an excellent read, not just because I wrote it, but because of the content and what it conveys. It tells the story of where marriage comes from, 
marriage comes from God. And I need us to know that. And if you're in love and are considering this particular path for your life, the content of this book will help you along the way. Not only do we talk about where marriage comes from, we talk about keys to compatibility, what's necessary to be effective in marriage. I have a little acronym in the book, it's called CUT, C-U-T, Communication, Understanding, Trust. That becomes the basic formula that's necessary for any marriage to be successful. Not only do we talk about those things and the keys to compatibility, we also talk about staying in love. Once you're in love, we certainly want to remain in love. And some may wonder, well, what if I married the wrong person? We even deal with that as well. So this is a great opportunity for you to make sure that you're in line with what God's will is for your life. God bless you. Please follow the prompts on the screen that you may know how to get your personal copy of this book. Friends, this is Michael Wesley, Senior Pastor of Greater Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church in Birmingham, Alabama. We really appreciate all of the love and support that you have shown to us through these broadcasts. We've been hearing from people and our friends all over, and we want you to pray about being a supporter and a prayer partner and a supporter of this television ministry. If you believe the Holy Spirit has ministered the Word of God to you and you'd like to see this ministry continue and to share it with your friends, please consider being a supporter. Follow the prompts on the screen. We would love to hear from you.